is a $15 break even possible for a dairy farming business in 2024, giving increases in input costs and inflation? Well, if anyone would tell you yes, it would be Polly Paul with Complete Management Consulting. Polly has helped hundreds of farms reduce their expenses and increase their income. Dairies that were on the verge of bankruptcy so that they could turn around to be profitable and sustainable businesses. And that's who you are going to be hearing from today on the Up Level Dairy Podcast. This is the podcast for dairy farm owners, managers, and advisors who are committed to profitability, sustainability, and excellence. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen, and it's my mission to bring you the conversations that will uplevel your skill set and your mindset so you can be a top performer in the dairy business. I sat down the other day with Polly, and as we talked about the milk price outlook and inputs costs going into 2024, I asked him this question. If you were managing your own dairy, what break even would you target? And when he said with confidence, $15 a hundredweight or even less, I knew you would be wondering too, how would he do it? Well, keep on listening to find out which expenses he would cut first and the ones he wouldn't touch. His time-saving approach to meetings and effective employee management. His time-saving approach to meetings and effective employee management. Common money pitfalls he sees dairies making every single day. And how he would get his break even down to $15 a hundredweight. What would be my target break even on a, on my own dairy? I would target that $15 range. I'm really confident I could do it at that. I might even be able to get a little bit lower, but again, it all depends how much debt you have. I'm not a big fan of having a lot of debt, so I like to try to make as much money as I can and keep expanding from my cash flow. That's where I can I can run a dairy a lot leaner than others. I guess if I had my own dairy, what I would do is I would definitely same thing I'm doing on everybody else's dairy right now and and I would try to increase the income as much as I can possibly get and reduce my expenses to where I know that I'm actually going to make some money and a lot of that is doing a lot of it in-house looking at what you're doing day-to-day income wise making sure the the one area that makes you money the parlor or robot or whatever it may be, making sure that that thing is running at full capacity. So that's your, if that's going to be your income stream, that's what you really need to make sure is running at full capacity. So many times we get the dairies and, you know, they may be, may be milking, you know, four or five turns an hour in the parlor. And we try to push that thing to seven turns an hour, or we have some doing even more than that, but it's, we know that's the area that where you, where you need to make money. So the next area I would look at is my expenses, making sure feed-wise I'm putting up good quality feed. I don't like using Band-Aids, so I'd make sure my feed is good, the ration's correct, and it cows have feed 24-7. Those things, are, I believe, are the biggest key on every dairy to make sure that your income stream is coming in at a, at a good pace. That, to me, is the key for healthy cows at all times. So obviously that starts with on, on the harvesting side. So one of the thing areas I've had to work with on a lot of dairies is making sure they're putting up good quality feed. And by that, I talk to a lot of dairies and I tell them, all right, if it takes you three weeks to plant corn and you're going to harvest it in one week, you're either going to have to use different varieties of corn. And most of the dairies I work with all like to use one variety. So when you do that, you're either going to have corn going into the bunker too wet in the beginning and too dry at the end because you're going to have to kind of pick a happy medium. So I encourage them to make sure if you're going to harvest corn silage, because that's your biggest biggest ingredient in almost every diet, you make sure you get it planted in the same amount of time that it takes to harvest it. 
consistency to me is a is a huge deal on on all these diets in the dairy industry. So being able to put your main forage up in a timely manner is a, is a big deal. Then the next thing I'm going to do is make sure that okay we got a ration on paper. I want to make sure that same ration is getting fed to the cows. So I want to make sure that whoever is doing the feeding is competent and watching every ingredient and making sure that they're doing the best they can. Now, there's too many dairies I get to that I see the person doing the feeding may go up with a bucket full of protein mix and, and put it in and then wait for the next ingredient to show up on the screen and just finish off what's in the bucket. Now, those sort of things are things that I see causing a lot of unhealthy cattle. So making sure you got a really good person in that in that area is very important. In addition to maximizing income by running the parlor at full capacity and making sure good quality feed is always in front of the cows, Polly's next step to a $15 break even is to look for areas to cut down expenses, starting with labor. The next thing I want to do is look at the herds people and, and focus on them a little bit, spend some time in there, understand what they're doing day to day and realize what are they using for products, making sure we minimize all those extra things that we're doing to those cows, try to let them be cows. Let them eat, drink, lay down, milk, and milk. That's as much as I want them to do. So if there is a, a sick cow, yes, we got to treat it. We'll have our protocols for that sort of thing. But I don't want to be one of these dairies that's spending hours on end with those fresh cows locked up, treating them, doing whatever needs to be because, you know, you got unhealthy cows. So it's kind of a step-by-step -step thing, starting from the feed side, working your way down to, if I got really good people taking care of, of the dairy and, you, and you're running it as lean as you can and, and, and as efficient as you can, definitely don't cut there. Polly says cross-training good employees to be skilled in multiple areas is how he optimizes labor efficiency. I don't mind paying labor a little extra, but I like to cross-train them. I like to try to do everything I can possibly do in-house so I'm going to make sure I'm doing my own breeding, my own hoof trimming, ultrasounding, everything that's possible. I'm going to try to try to keep that in-house. I find some of the best employees on, on dairies love to be challenged. So if I can get them more educated or more skilled by teaching them how to breed cows or teaching them how to ultrasound or teaching them how to, to trim feet, that's going to make a more valuable employee to me. I'm willing to pay those people more just because you you got that capability of doing all that in-house. And to me, by doing that sort of thing, if for at some point, let's say labor were to get really tough, many of those tasks you, you can, if you, if you really had to fall back on it, you could hire somebody outside to come in and do that. Here's another area Polly says he would not cut in order to reduce expenses. I would definitely not cut on certain feed ingredients. I've seen some dairies that are struggling try to cut back on their corn and protein usage. Well, that's an area you just, you cannot uh, let that slide. I've seen some dairies run a little leaner on the protein side, so cutting that percent of protein in the diet and, and actually do pretty well doing that. So with putting up good quality forage is so important to Polly, you might be wondering, would he do his own harvesting or custom hire this critical component of putting up good feed? Well, here's what Polly has to say. If I could do it myself, I would do it myself, but that's going to come out at a, at a pretty big expense. Initially up front, I would probably have to have that custom hired out. I'm not a big iron guy, so I don't like spending a lot of money on iron if I don't have to. But you still got to make sure that all gets done in a timely manner. So 
initially I would for sure have that done custom wise, but somewhere down the line, if, if things would pan out, I'd, I'd rather have control over that. I also asked Polly, how much time would he spend having meetings with employees? And his answer might surprise you. I personally am not a huge meeting guy. I enjoy spending time with the employees while they're working. So if I want to go sit down and have a meeting with somebody, it might be a one-on-one -on -one thing. Many of the dairies I get to it turns into just a, a lot of back and forth and back and forth and hours spent and nothing gained. I think I've done a lot better going right out into the trenches with whoever it may be, whether it's in the parlor with a milker or with, with, with a group of milkers, and showing them how the routine needs to be done or, or doing some training or right with the herds people, working with them while they're maybe breeding cows or, or sorting cows or whatever that might be. But I, I think I, I get a lot more out of the people doing that. I think the key meetings that I would have them sit down with would be some of the financial stuff. So me being out there with them, walking the barns with them, I understand what they're doing day to day. So now I can sit down at the table with them and say, all right, you guys are spending a lot of time doing whatever project it might be, maybe taking care of fresh cows, or maybe you're spending too much time moving cows or whatever that might be. I'll have a better organized meeting with them to sit down and go through some financial numbers with them and say, all right, how can we cut, you know, maybe be, maybe it's labor or how can we cut the amount that we're spending on semen or the amount that we're spending on medicines or whatever that might be. Or, or how can we get more feed intake into the cows? Those sort of things. So I'll do smaller meetings with, with key people. I think that's, that's I think, really important. And, and letting them in part of the, the budget process. Spending time alongside employees or in these one-on-one -on -one meetings is also how Polly would determine their individual performance and capabilities and whether they are a benefit or a drain to his bottom line. I think it's really key to spend time with your employees. And I, I think you need to understand, one, how they're thinking, and, and two, how they're doing their processes. Are they the employee that goes above and beyond and, and you, you don't have to deal with them much and they can handle every problem that gets thrown at them? Or are they the employee that comes to you with every little nagging thing and you have to deal with every problem that they present to you? I see this on a lot of dairies where management might be focused on one area and it's all because that employee is somebody that's really needy and, and needs a lot of, lot of attention. They bog management down. Management focuses all their attention on that area because that employee, and then they forget about the rest. And you end up losing your good employees because you spend too much time with the ones that really need too much attention, probably aren't in the right, right position. And then I'll see an area on a dairy where that person's off doing his thing and never needs any guidance, and they just they just go on and take care of everything. When you're working with them and spending time with them, you understand who those people are, and you gotta be able to take a step back and and try to get those employees rewarded or find more like that. Getting that break even down to fifteen dollars means a tight pulse on how every decision impacts overall profitability. So on the financial side of things, I like to try to cash flow as much of everything as I can possibly do. So most of the times when I am helping manage a dairy, I'm looking at things saying, All right, do we really need this? Can we hold off for now? And then we, we figure out how we can you know, if we want to build a new bunker, we, we try to cash flow it. 
but financially, yes, you're going to have your, your initial investments of the dairy. I, like I said, I'll keep that at a, at a minimum if I can, because you can really get yourself into trouble real fast if you keep taking advantage of that. And before you know it, things kind of turn upside down on you, and which is something I've seen a lot more of in the last year here with the interest rates going up. This is why Polly says setting a budget and following through on that plan is one of the most critical keys to managing profitability. Making sure you create a budget, stick with that budget, and kind try to follow it through. Make some plans for some new purchases, new investments. If you need a new mixer wagon or if you need a new tractor, if you need a new payloader, make sure you budget those things in and understand how you're going to cash flow that stuff. If you can do it without taking out a big loan, great. If you if you have to take a loan out, figure out how you're going to cash flow it. When I'm looking at that, I'm going to look at locking in your milk or, or just trying to make sure you got your income and your expenses covered. So don't be afraid to lose a little bit of money you know, on the income side, but you got that and your expenses locked in, but overall you're making a profit. So if you, if you lock in $20 milk and it goes to 24 and your expenses are locked in and you got a $2 margin, so be it. You, at least you're making money. Trying to do that every year is, to me, is really, really important if you can do that. So what about diversified income streams? Here's where Polly says he would put his focus. If this were my dairy, I would... I would really focus on on the milk income, focus really hard on that, try to make that. And once you feel like you have that attained and you're comfortable where you're at, I wouldn't be afraid to potentially look at other sources of income. I do see that on a lot of dairies where they start investing in semis and then all of a sudden they become truckers and they, they totally lose focus on the dairy that they've been running for how many years. And then before they know it, when they come back, the repro has gone south, milk production has gone south. So I see that quite often, you know, where other dairies lose focus on that. If you are doing your own, or if I were doing my own harvesting, maybe I'd help out somebody else. Try to keep that equipment moving. Try to get some income out of that. I'm not afraid to start exploring other, other areas to make some income if possible, but you can't ever lose focus on the dairy side. That, to me, is the bread and butter, and that's where you're going to make all your money. Some people can make a lot of money on the custom harvesting side of things, but they have to focus on that. So yeah, there's other opportunities, but just making sure you don't lose focus of the one area that got you to where you're at. Some sort of things on the cropping side too, and, and just see how can I get a, a bigger margin, you know, because ultimately I want to keep improving my equipment. There's always land coming up for sale, and I try to purchase land if I can possibly do it, but... In order to do that, I try to cash flow it all, and that's how I, I do that, by cutting my expenses as much as I can and, and trying to get the you know, the most bushels I can pos possibly get per acre. The 2023 cropping season was very interesting. We, Of course, everybody was lacking on rain. It, it was one of those years we thought we were going to be really short on production, and it ended up turning out really well. I think everybody was really surprised by the amount of corn that everybody got soybeans did really well for me. I really cut my inputs on the soybeans this year and I got the most bushels I've ever got out of the soybeans, which was pretty amazing. I was pretty shocked. The corn, same thing. We really cut back on some of the things that we were putting into it and the bushels were amazing. I don't I don't know if we can repeat that again or not. My soybeans, 
the rotation I have going on and the way I ha I'm doing things, I had been fertilizing them quite often throughout the years. And this year I said, I'm not going to fertilize them. I'm going to hold back on it. I looked at what I had for soil samples and everything. I'm like, these soybeans will be fine. So I let them go and I got eight, no, six bushels per acre more this year than I did in past years, which is, which is fine. The corn side of things, I think, what, so what we did is we really keyed in on timing and when to fertilize and with what to fertilize with. So we were able to use less fertilizer and get it timed right. And I think that was part of the key. And obviously a lot of it has to do with weather and you, you can't do much about it. So there was a lot of luck involved with it. But overall, listening to everybody else that did well this year too, it was a good year, but I, I was able to cut a, quite a bit of expenses out of what I do from what I see other people doing. When I get to look at everybody else's financials and, and see what they're putting in on their crop sides, I can see how much they spend per acre, and I'm well below what they're doing, and I'm still getting the results. So that's that's something to I want to dig more into and, and get a little better at that, obviously. Looking for ways to increase income and reduce expenses is what Polly does for work, helping dairies, and it's what he does for fun in his own cropping business. I think it's a lot of fun, and, and for me, it's kind of like a game looking at the expenses and figuring out how can I cut more expenses and make more money. I've done some some different things because I've been thrown into some pretty pretty dire situations, and you try to figure out, God, can I get by without using this or that? And it's amazing what you can actually do when you put your mind to it and do things right or what you don't need. I, I've been able to cut expenses a lot more than I've seen other dairies do, and I love doing that. That's my game. I just en enjoy doing that. Ultimately, I want to see how I can turn an extra buck. If I can make an extra $10,000, I'm going to use that $10,000 to maybe purchase more land or, or get some better equipment. If I had a 500-cow dairy, I might turn it into a 1,000-cow dairy, or I might start buying more equipment so I don't have to hire custom people or or whatever that that might be that's what i'm i'm really focusing on doing and i i always look at expenses and and try to try to figure out where can i get the next $10,000 from and it, sometimes it's on the income side you know how how am i going to get an extra pound of milk there you can turn $100,000 real quick so there you have it how the dairy farm consultant who brings dairies back from the brink of bankruptcy will get his own break evens down to $15 a hundredweight or even less. Starting with number one, maximizing the parlor. Number two, looking at labor. Who are those high performers who would like to be challenged and are willing to be cross-trained so you can get the highest value per employee? And he determines this not by sitting around a meeting room, but by working side by side, looking for ways to improve their efficiency and gaining feedback at the same time. And number three, putting up good quality forages at all costs to make sure that the prescribed ration is what's in front of the cows 24-7. That right there is the basic key to cow health and can get you that extra couple pounds of milk in the tank. And number four, the financial picture. Set a budget and follow it. Manage your risk. Keep debt low. And while it may look attractive to make some cash off of another enterprise, such as custom work or hauling, stay focused on the profit center that built your business, the cows. So if you want to hear more from Polly, check out the links in our show notes to some of his past episodes right here on the Uplevel Dairy Podcast. 
And you can also reach out to him and follow Complete Management Consulting and find those links in the show notes as well. And hey, if you have questions for Polly, shoot them my way to Peggy at UpLevelDairy.com. And they just may become our next discussion with Polly right here on the Up Level Dairy Podcast.